following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hey, it's Mariana Miller, the voice of Mosan, and you're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... It's Samurai Derail Maddox. And... Editorial writer for Toonami Faithful, CJ Mappers. And he's bringing up the Caboose, people. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, Caboose couldn't make it this time. It's okay. I got all the Caboose you need. Ayo. Yes, you do. But later, we will have a very special guest... Are there going to be sock puppets? I don't know. Not Dougie Pony. Perhaps there will be bottle rockets. Hey! And consumption of Dr. Pepper. Well, that is a staple down here. Bless your heart. Pop Team Epic has come and went. The final episode aired this past Saturday. Well, not final final. I think there is already a special plan for next year and possibly an additional season. But... For now, the Pop Team Epic Experiment has come to an end. I don't think anything really changed. (laughs) No, not really. It just, it it aired. And it confused some people and interested others. And now it's gone. Replaced by yet another of pretty much the same thing. Yep. But guess what that means? That means it's working. Exactly. That's... Much to the chagrin of a couple of naysayers who really don't know anything that they talk about. But hey, keep doing you. Exactly, you fucking losers. For a moment there, I thought you were going to say, but that's just a theory. Mm, that's oh, not just no, a theory. theory. Yeah, it's not just a theory, y'all. Y'all need to pull your heads out of your collective anuses and accept no, reality for what it is. Just because you don't like some shit on Toonami doesn't mean it won't work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I I have to say, with how much that you wanted uh, non-action-centric and how much people seem to glorify the archaic traditional viewing numbers, Pop Team Epic did horrible. Why would we want to go back to something like this? Just just to put it on their side of it. Because personally, I want more things like Pop Team Epic. That was fine. Is it my cup of tea? No, but I actually like Pop Team Epic. Okay, so you're, so you're saying from their perspective, it exactly. Did Even though from the network pers- probably thinks it did fine. Exactly. No, from did. the pe- from the from the outsiders who ex- exclaim how the traditional viewing numbers are shit, are shit, are shit. You want to know what the biggest drop off was? It was when we went away from action shows, and yet we we still champion to get non action shows on the block. I really don't get how this stupid works. Can someone explain it to me? Well, to play devil's advocate, Pop Team Epic is not what they had in mind. But it you should have be to... a pretty good indication that, you know, the stuff that they've been playing for however long is kind of what the audience is looking for. Well, the thing is, it's like, no, I don't think Pop Team Epic would have been their first choice. But the fact that it was means you have to champion that, or else why would they go back? <laughs> 
So like, you, have to, you you built this hill. You got to die on it. Sorry. I'm, it doesn't work both ways on that. I'm sure uh, that Popti Mepic is not the end of the experiment, as it were. No. No, oh. I actually don't think. I think it, I look at it as pretty positively. You know what I mean? Like, it got something new, fresh into the block. It was zany. It's like robot chicken meets Japan. Perfect for Adult Swim. It's wonderful. I'm I'm really glad it came in because it was just wacky. I love the Bob Team Epic stuff. I love their original jokes like, are you upset? I am not upset. The chicken or beef. I really enjoyed a lot of the the changes of like the cast in every episode. I thought that was a cool little gag. Um, and they're just when they weren't doing references with their jokes, I found it to be much more enjoyable. The references, I was like, meh. They're either over my head, I don't get it, or I don't care. I like them to be original because I think there's a plethora of original, origin, God, I can't talk today, originality that um, they could have used, but they just ended up not, which is fine. I mean, I'm not the producer, I'm not the director or producer of it. God only knows how that disaster would be. But um, it, it's one of those things where it's just like it came, it went. It was pretty divisive. You'd have people who are like, wow, this is great to have something like this. Then you have people who are like, I can't wait for this show to leave. This garbage is trash. You know what I mean? So it's like, and what sucks is it's a niche show, so it can't really afford to have that kind of reception. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, Toonami doesn't, you know, avoid these kind of shows because of Pop Team Epic. But going by what some skeptics' metrics are, why would they go back? So that's a question to you skeptics, you uh, Twitter to uh, television executives. Yeah. Why go back to doing non-action when it sucked to your to your uh, criteria? Exactly. And when we did get stuff that you wanted, you didn't support it. So shut up. Exactly. Oh God. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I think it was great. It brought a ton of new voices you don't normally get to hear on Toonami on it, or at least. I guess I would put it as more recognizable. So it's like, mm-hmm. just be yourself and be wacky. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, I had to do my more put together or my wacky, you know, crazy voice kind of thing. It was just like, got to be them, got to just do all kinds of wacky and crazy things. And so it kind of, you were able to get like the face with the voice is better with this show than I think you do with other shows. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I am thankful for it. I like that Toonami's experimenting. You know, as Gil told Sketch and I at uh, Anime Expo, we want Toonami to stay on the air. They have to do things like this. And I think Pop Team Epic, as much as some people might lament about it, I think it was the perfect show to experiment this kind of thing. I really do. Well, it was new, it was hip, it was memeable, and... Oh, the memes. We even got to have Popko and Peepami take over the Toonami News Twitter. That was... So much fun. That was so much fun. I got to literally shit post and like in a in a PG way, because Paul was not exactly a fan of some of the ideas I had, but with that but um, Hey Paul is a prude. No, no, I, I understood. But like I got to have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like I got to post more. I got to interact with fans on that account more. Like one of my favorite uh interactions was I think around lunchtime when someone was like Holy shit, I thought this was Toonami News. What did you guys do to Toonami News? And I'm just like, uh, they went out to lunch and they, they got the Samuel Jackson with like a gun to the head's like, say it again, pretty much. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> They went to lunch and you're supposed to and you think we're supposed to believe that? It's like, maybe. You know, like I got to play <laughs> char- 
another one great can tweet while having lunch. Um, In fact, a I... lot of people do it. <laughs> I got to uh, act out like I kept changing the bio and I was breaking the fourth wall. Where I was like, if you keep changing it, I will be upset. You know, like <laughs> joking around like with that. And then the best tweet of the whole freaking night was when the show just premiered. And I was like, our show is on. And I showed the picture of uh, peeping me with the hammer saying, your life ends in 30 minutes. That <laughs> freaking blew the fuck up. And I'm just like, yes, you couldn't have, you couldn't have picked a more perfect time to use that picture. And then we had a couple of people who thought we were hacked, which was really funny. But like, I'm not even the biggest champion of pop team Epic, but we got to do something creative, something, you know, we got to promote a show in an unconventional way because that's what pop team Epic is unconventional. And it's just awesome. Like you, we can say that's now a tsunami alum. And so we can now talk about it whenever the fuck we want. You know, it's always related now to the block and it's, I don't know. It's something that I think is, is really, you know, interesting and different and, I'm glad we had the chance to try something new with especially something as just ridiculous and off-putting and frankly made people feel uncomfortable like it. And I, I'm glad that it, it got the intended reaction, you know, exactly. so maybe so maybe I retract that maybe it being a niche and having such a diverse reaction from fans. Maybe that was actually a good thing because that's ultimately what pop team epic wants. I don't I I. I I stay kind of like careful with what I'm saying because they do want to obviously make money. So they're hoping it doesn't lose them, but I have a feeling it, it didn't. So I think we're fine, but I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I just talk about the traditional ratings because all these, uh, Twitter execs. Yeah. Think that they're like, Oh, they, they mean all end alls. I was like, well then if you want on action, isn't this actually like a bad example or like, isn't this kind of proving that like, this isn't what they should be doing. And I mean, there's so many things that Toonami has done recently that has gone against the very, 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 very loud minority of Toonami's, like, ruining it. You know, it's like, hey, they're expanding. We're getting more show. It's like they're expanding, proving that things are going well. And it's with generic shonen, something they don't want. And yet, you know, here we are. And now we have an example of a show that isn't traditional action, and, you know, if you want to go by their standard of measurements, it wasn't quite as big, if you know what I mean. We go yeah. by the crane measurements around this podcast. Potentially negatively affected shows around it. Exactly. Yeah. So. They don't know what they're talking so, about. No, that's the thing. It's just like, it, it, they, they, they say they know that it's better to go this way. Tanami actually throws them a bone and does something different. It kind of goes against the way that they think that uh, the block should be going. And then it, you know, we, we gain more time in another time slot. Thanks to Boruto. <laughs> another shonen. <laughs> I know the offspring of Naruto. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I honestly enjoy it. I just revel in it because guess what? And you can quote me on this. As soon as they start losing time slots, that is when you're allowed to glow. That is when you're allowed to be like, stay, stay, stay. But that also means that I was right before you, jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick the right time to gloat. Now's not true. the time for, for the skeptics to gloat. It has gone the opposite way. 
It, so, it definitely has. I mean, people are like, oh, Toonami's going to get cut down any minute now. Like, oh, oh, expanding again and again yeah. and again. And the latest... Ah, the the latest thing is like, oh, it expanded, but just for more reruns. Okay. Come on, really? Well, no, no, no. I will say this: they are. You are correct. It's more reruns, but it shows that there's more of an interest on those reruns than these like niche shows that you think can change the block. You know, like, and I, I the only example that I can bring is from what I personally experienced for when I worked at, or while I am currently and still employed at WHDH for the eight o'clock time for weekdays and really every day of the week right now. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just using weekdays as an example. When we went, we uh, went from an NBC affiliate to then independent. We had to obviously fill time with shows. It was funny too, because I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could pitch like anime be like, Hey, play this. This would be fun. But in, in any case, any case, um, the show that they decided to play at eight o'clock was Family Feud. And that show has beaten primetime network shows. What? That's like Dragon Ball Z Kai beating out its uh, competitors. People like like crap, pretty much. And I'm not saying DBZ Kai is crap. And they like I, familiarity. Exactly. And Family Feud is not exactly something that I'm looking at as like the big ratings buster, but that's where we went and it's been doing fantastic. I mean, like, I'm curious to know is, is the demographic for that kind of in the older range where news, news, yes, I think so. Yeah. But I mean, we're still like competing against like, you know, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, CBS shows that are kind of geared to that are demographic. Are these old as well. episodes of Family Feud? I think so, even. And yet people are still watching it. I don't understand. Wow. I really don't. And you have I mean, to all... I enjoy me some Family Feud from time to time. It's Right, and that's the thing. Like, it's, it's a DVR-proof kind of show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be like, oh, got to set the DVR for Family Feud. You know what people might be saying when Dragon Ball Z Kai gets on? Maybe the same thing? Pretty much. Oh. They'd be like, oh, DBZ Kai's on. Oh, well, I'm not going to DVR this, but I kind of want to watch some Goku and, you know, Vegeta and Fusion Hot uh, and, and, like, all that other stuff. People so it's are like going to complain about the oversaturation of Dragon Ball until they're blue in the face. But the fact of the matter is, they've tried other things. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing holds viewers like Dragon Ball. Nothing. Yeah. But I'm just so Dragon I'm just, Ball holds people by the balls. Yeah. Pretty much. But no, I'm just I'm going by my own television experience when it comes to and I'm not even the one making the programming decision. Are you kidding me? If I made the decisions, HGH uh, would be gone. I already know that for a fact because I sure as hell didn't think the tactics, not necessarily tactics, but the um, the plan of attack would have worked. And yet it's almost now two years, I think maybe even more that we've been independent. And you also have to take into account we don't have streaming. You can't stream our station in our demographic in our area because we're not affiliate. So if you're cutting cable, which a lot of people are, you don't really get us. You have you either get us by streaming it on our website or if you use, you know, an antenna. And yet we're not we're not dead last in the market. I think we're second, maybe even first. We're still killing it. And we virtually alienated part of our audience because you cannot get our channel. So 
Mm. Let me let me tell you this from an ex- some I can say now. I've been working in television now for five years. You don't know how these things work. And I would even say this even if the traditional viewing numbers were the be-all, end-all. Because there were still other things that people looked at. But, like, there's... The way that people make television, their brains think in a way that's just almost uncomprehensible for, like, someone like us. And I'm I'm still learning to this day. So, I think it's time to let it go. Let it go, because, let me tell you something, your greatest example right now isn't look, making that argument look so good. And, in fact, the argument of Shonen isn't hurting it, but helping looks even stronger. So, I, I think we need to stop. I'll miss Pop Team Epic, but it definitely serves uh gives me a self-serving reason of why i was happy it was on and why it's now gone you know what i mean so it's it, it, it's interesting like i don't have anything against pop team epic i really don't like i i think it was witty it had its moments there's stuff i didn't like there's stuff i did like um but i i think i'm gonna probably be making it into like my my sacrificial lamb to kind of put this this very small but annoying group to bed you know, and and I'm fine. And I'll say this: you want you want me to throw some non-action up on Toonami? Fuck it, give me some Toradora. That's like one of the best, like romantic kind yes. of like high stuff ever, like ever, ever. Like Toradora is absolutely fucking amazing. Absolutely, I, uh... I'd be more than willing to put that on Toonami in the right place and the right time. Like all that, absolutely, absolutely. I'm fine with like I don't know Angel Beats from Sentai or. You know, I'm just I'm like just spitballing here, just like throwing like your lie in April. Uh, oh, dude, no, fucking, my heart can't handle that, man. Or fucking real life, you know what I mean? Like, there's yes. so many good oh, non-action shows, and while I may be a little old for that uh, demo, just because like I'm not in high school, I guess there's still merit in those shows anyway. But like, I am so down for throwing in some really, really good, um, you know, slice of life. A slice of like non-action shows that are like just riveting like I wish that Sentai dubbed uh, my romantic teen comedy snafu that is by far the best slice of life thing I've ever seen in anime and I think it's amazing and I think it's great but but it wasn't even popular enough to get a dub let, let that sink in for a second mm. I think this show is literally the best slice of life series anime can offer and it didn't even get a dub. A show like MM from Sentai got a redub. Dog and Scissors got a redub. Snafu did not. Still no dub for Golden Time. I know. Another, man. A, Golden another Time example, really deserved another a dub. Example. So I'm what I'm saying, what the point I'm making with this is that you may think these non-action shows are phenomenal. And I, I I'm inclined to agree. You know what I mean? Like there's a ton of great stuff. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. And that's the problem you have with these kind of niche shows like Pop Team Epic, like a lot of them. You know what I mean? It's just sometimes it's better to not try to anger viewers and ruin the good faith that you put in by giving the latest and greatest action shows. And while I admit the Shonen seems a little much right now, I can't necessarily disagree with that. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's just, it's working. It's, it's just like the same reason that like someone came, someone comes to me is like, why is Family Feud working over at HDH? I don't know. It just is. 
<laughs> you know, you know. Uh, so I, I, I think the pop team epic kind of hopefully doesn't allow non-action shows to die, but I definitely think it strengths it strengthens the argument of are we sure we want to go this route? Like, are we really, really sure? Like, this is going to be a good sell, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and, and the thing is, it's like it doesn't have to necessarily shy away from action. Like, there's other types of action that isn't shown in, you know, like Psychopaths that a lot of people were kind of like, oh, can this get on Tanami? Really, really popular show, and it's not shown in at all. It certainly has some action in it, and you can find that with a lot of different, um, you know shows that aren't necessarily shown in you know you can Absolutely. like uh like overlord for an example you know that's not shown in but here's the that... thing that i'm becoming increasingly concerned with yes because jason's not gonna ever flat out say it but even recently he's been talking about other shows that he wanted to get for toonami at one point or another and that that is still a thing that is happening so even though we can see the obvious things like, oh, these shows are exclusive to Hulu, these shows are exclusive to Netflix, these shows are exclusive to Amazon. We can obviously see those things. Yeah. But beyond that, it really seems like there are a lot of situations where they would have loved to play a show, but for whatever reason, they just can't get it. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. money. It's not necessarily content. It's it's not necessarily anything in particular. Like their budget or nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they could potentially have plenty of money for these shows, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the deal is going to be made. Because right. Because there's a lot of hands in these deals, and everything just kind of has to, you know, correlate. So I, I think we should cut them some slack in that regard, that we may think that, oh, why hasn't Toonami played this ever? It seems perfect, it's not really exclusive to anything, so why can't they get it if they have these other shows from that distributor? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We're still scratching our heads over Mob Psycho because they, they yeah. wanted it. They wanted and they wanted, they wanted, they not only wanted that for, you know, non-shonen, but they also wanted Ancient Magus's Bride, which, oh, sketch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, Darrell, and obviously our listeners a secret. I recommended that to my mother, and she cannot get enough of it. She wants another season. My mom what? is now. My mom has gone straight weeb on us, where she's like every other anime fan. It's like, when's the next season? Even though there might not be enough content for it, like I want another season. I'm like, I don't know. I hope so. Maybe see, in the future. See, your mom is going places, man. She, your mom and my mom should hang out now. I just introduced I just introduced her to My Hero Academia. Ooh. Oh man, my mom been following it right along with me, man. So mm-hmm. moms see, moms who love anime are the best moms. Just, yes, they are. And saying. you know, I know most people don't really care, but my mom's favorite anime is Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Which is a non shonen show, meaning that there are good ones that should be on the block as well. I'm not yeah. saying it has to always be shonen. As much as I yeah. would love, you know, Seraph of the End and the Demon Slayer uh, Yaiba that's coming out, the Promised Neverland and Food Wars and all that, it doesn't have to be just shonen jump stuff. Dude, I would there love are, Overlord. I would, I, oh God, I think Overlord is great. I would love that. Dude, I would even, Overlord I would, even would be take, great for Tsunami. I would even take another random show that's re- like uh, recently uh, simul dumbing right now of How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. I would be like, fine, fuck it, throw it. Nah, it's something different. Show. Right. Dude, you know what I mean? We... But it's like, 
I mean, I, seriously, can we get, um, is it wrong to pick up girls in the dungeon? <laughs> Ooh, but, um, yeah, Pop Team Epic. It happened. It was a thing. It was, and now it is gone, and uh, with it does not come a minor schedule change, but a massive one, which we've mentioned in previous podcasts, but in case you still are not aware, Toonami's in prime time, starting at 9 p.m. It's, uh, it's a brave new world. We got Dragon Ball Kai back at uh, 9 p.m., starting from the beginning. Then we got My Hero Academia moving up to 9.30. And then at 10, we have a full Ninja Power Hour with Naruto Shippuden moving Wrong. up to 10. Wrong. It's called Boruto's Dad, you dingus. I'm sorry. Boruto's Dad at, at Boruto's Dad Shippuden at 10 p.m., followed by Boruto, son of Naruto, Boruto's Dad. Thank and you. Yes. We got to get it right. I know, I know, I know, I know. Alas, we will probably never have Boruto's dad's rival <laughs> and his spinoff show. You mean no, Rock Lee and his ninja pals? Yeah. I love that show. Pretty amusing. It's unfortunate that it's a non-union dub, so they had to make some voice changes. Yeah. Including Naruto's. That's no! just, how can you have a Naruto dub without Melee Flanagan as Naruto? That's I mean, I know she was so freaking awesome, man. It's just wrong. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. But, but on the bright side, we get Boruto's dad. Yes. And did I get to do see a hot Hinata all grown up? Once again, as I'm going down this schedule, I got distracted, or we got distracted. Well, whatever. At 11 p.m. At 11 p.m., Dragon Ball Super is uh, changing just a little bit, a little later. It's okay. Don't freak out. It does not mean it's doing bad or anything like that. Rather, I'm panicking. Press the panic button. I do believe this is a strategic move to position it in a particular spot because if you don't know by now, generally Adult Swim peaks around 11 p.m. any given day. So it only makes sense to put your biggest gun at 11 p.m. And furthermore, it makes sense to lead out of that biggest gun with your biggest investments, an original series at 11.30. Fooly Cooly Alternative stays where it is. Now, I know people are freaking out that Attack on Titan is, quote, moved to the back, but it's only an hour later, and it's only a half hour later than the premiere of the first season, and it's only, honestly, actually a half hour earlier than the premiere of the second season. So, quit acting like Midnight's a terrible time slot. (laughs) Sketch, I can't stay up that late. It's past my bedtime. I know, but how will you survive to JoJo? Diamond is unbreakable at 1230. I know. Let me say this, too. And I know we can get this onto a different... Po- oh, my God. That is a lovely picture of Bowsette. Okay, anyway. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I, have, I have Twitter up heard. at the same time. Um, it's not that lewd. Um, any case... Um, not all we'll Bowsettes are lewd. Uh, there will be another podcast where I get to talk more about JoJo, Diamonds Unbreakable. This is my favorite JoJo. 
This is this is my favorite. And obviously I haven't seen part five and I cannot wait for part six. Give me that Jolene, damn it. But um Jolene, Jolene. But uh I love part four so much. So this is so exciting that like Diamonds Unbreakable is part of this like massive change when Toonami gets to be back on uh prime time. So I'm just really I had to throw that in there because I, I love Diamonds Unbreakable so much. And CJ is probably also excited that Black Clover is moving up. Hey, Black Clover. And here I thought that show sucked. Hey, no, that was the 20 executives yet again. No, 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 no. I trust me, this goes beyond Toonami executives on Twitter. This has been this show has just been trash since it started. You want to hear something off. crazy? The people on 4chan seem to like Black Clover. What? It's all downhill. I hate Black Clover. <laughs> They're starting yeah. to call it Chad Clover or Chadsta. Ugh. No, I, I hate 4chan. I hate so chance. I'm just I'm just gonna pretend that you didn't mention that. But let me tell you something: the mountain of abuse that Black Clover has endured. Since its inception, the anime-wise. Manga, it was there, but not as much because people like the artwork. Cause the artwork is phenomenal with it. And I even wrote about how what things Black Clover does well. Huh, who would have thought of that? Um, but the thing is, is that it's doing better, which is very, very surprising to me. It's There's been some instances where it's done better than JoJo, which really Very blows my mind. hour earlier. And it bl- blows my freaking mind. It also blows my mind as to what the hell is wrong with Hunter Hunter. That should be a podcast topic for another day. Why didn't this click? I really don't get it. I I, I, I don't like. I would have easily have put, uh, you know, Hunter Hunter above like Pop Team Epic above Black Clover, stuff like that so i'm just i'm really surprised i'm really surprised they felt the need to bring black clover up i didn't i thought it was perfect where it was i i'm very surprised but hey black clover on at one y'all yeah and with that, hunter hunter returns to 130 where it has resided before so stop acting like it's such a tragedy it's okay it's just I think a it's... little bit later I think it's because of the show that was put above it. I think that's really well, where the stems yes, there is that. Also, the fact that Naruto has moved all the way up to 10 p.m. <laughs> that's true, too. I mean, but I, I think I'm sorry, a lot Boruto's of... dad, Shippuden, has moved all the way up to 10 p.m. Thank you. I, which I just... people thought was unfathomable. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I think, I, 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 like, Hunter Hunter is really good. Like, yes. it, it, is. it is. The This, this adaptation is wonderful you know like sketch and i have talked privately and on the podcast of really i'm the hunter hunter guy on this fucking podcast i'm reviewing all of it uh it's just i'm surprised i'm really surprised that this this is something that tsunami kind of went it kind of strengthens that kind of internal debate that we at the podcast have had about hunter hunter because paul was on such uh, like bender about how Toonami might be fucking with this show and I'm like what? what what do you mean and he's just like but it does so well and it's like uh really have you actually looked at some things and I had a ton of info of like uh it hasn't clicked 
for whatever reason. And it just, it boggles my mind. Like, it, it's funny because you could be like, oh, maybe it's too shonen heavy. But it's like, if that was the case, then why the hell is Black Clover doing better? Because that is just like cliche on top of cliche. Like, the whole, like, the funniest thing about Black Clover is that Yuki Tabata literally was like, well, if none of my original work is going to stick in a manga, I'll just throw every single cliche in the book. And then everyone's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, keep doing this. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> Shit. That's falling upwards. <laughs> so he kind of fell his he kind of fell ass backwards into this black clover gold mine. And so yeah. that's why I find it really weird that, you know, I understand why you'd put Jojo ahead, obviously. I understand why you would put, you know, Attack on Titan, Fully Cooley, Boruto's dad, uh, and, you know, Naruto's son, all that stuff. But like Hunter Hunter, I would think is, you know, a much more enjoyable product. And I will say Black Clover, as it's developed, gets really good. I would put it in like this adaptation, too. It's been really reliable, very faithful to the manga. So it's kind of getting to that, like, really, really good area that um, that Hunter Hunter is at. The only problem is that this show is going to have the bleach problem. So it's going to be just full of filler once it gets caught up with the manga. So it's going to lose that kind of charm with it. But I'm just, I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised by the change. Do I think Toonami's quote unquote, you know, screwing with Hunter Hunter? No, it's still on the block. They're not getting rid of it. Hunter Hunter is going to be on for 148 episodes. That's a long time. And that's, that's I, the thing. I think, I think it's really a Hunter remarkable Hunter accomplishment. Initially did well. I mean, it, it held on yeah. to its leads really well. It was, it, it wasn't a slouch, and as time progressed, it generally did about as well. Maybe a little bit less here and there, but still performed adequately. I feel a recent stretch has shown a bit of a decline, and there could be a number of reasons for that. But I think the biggest thing is, the show's been on for two years. It's yeah. hard to keep up. Yeah. It's really I mean, hard even, to get into it. I'll, I'll say this, and this interview is now up on YouTube. Like, even Keith has had trouble with this particular arc. You know, Keith Silverstein, where he's like, oh, well, I, he, like, tries to watch every episode of it because, you know, it's his first time seeing it, too. And yet, it's been difficult. And I think that that is the same thing with a lot of fans. I also think, and it's something that, like, I look at, too, like, the narration was something that really put me off in the Chimera Ant arc. I don't understand why. There are some folks that really don't like the amount of narration. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the most recent episode was like, holy cow, why is he narrating all of this? Yeah, and, like, I felt, and I, to be fair, I felt this way with the subbed as well. So this isn't like, oh, the narrator sounds, you know, it's, it just is, was a weird direct, like, it's the same kind of direction. It's a directional thing. Like, I didn't like in a, as an example, assassination classroom where Nagisa kind of shows his stuff against the abusive teacher for the first time where Nagisa was narrating him doing it. I thought it would have been like a thousand times better if it was just quiet. And then all of a sudden, boom, it hits you right in the face. So... Yeah. I think it's a, it's a similar kind of situation. I think it kind of puts some people off. But, like, in all honesty, like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Like, it, Hunter Hunter's not niche in any stretch of the imagination. But do you think it might be, like, more niche with Toonami fans? For maybe. whatever reason? 
Like, and Maybe. which I don't understand why. I really don't. I mean, you could ask the same question about One Piece. That was We're not going on that. No, that was that was more just because Toei is like, hey, okay. this is like our Simpsons. You have and to pay. You a need time. to pay more. It's yes, like, but it doesn't yes, yield that results. I know, I know. I I still to this day I don't feel like One Piece ever did absolutely terrible, but there was a clear indication that it was not holding viewers from Naruto as well as one might hope. And so. think of it this way: at least Funimation is still dubbing it. God bless Funimation for still dubbing it. I want to, and I'm going to say this now. Personally, my personal collection of One Piece, I'm up to the time skip, and I literally shed a tear of like I never thought I would get to this. Like it, it's, it's amazing. So God bless Funimation for still doing it, and God bless that uh, One Piece uh, viewing group that Sketch is a part of. That is all. I, I, I wish <laughs> not I really a part of it. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were. I thought you did I the just, One Piece sales. I, I'm never home. Uh, <laughs> I, I well, he was. I don't Sketch, Sketch, Sketch was there originally, but like, I really enjoy that there is a community of One Piece fans that are ton that are Toonami fans that came together and and did that. I think that's really yeah, cool. I think it's great. So there's still ways to watch it, and that's the thing too. It's not as if like back in the day, if Toonami got rid of a show, we're like, well, then how do we know how it's gonna end? Oh my god, it's. Oh. How can I continue watching this? Exactly. There's you, there's, there's more there's, there's more avenues. There's more avenues. There's way Thank more you. avenues. So, so sketch. What's after Hunter Hunter? I'm very curious. As if I already don't know. <laughs> what punch? It's been a while since I've done that. So yeah, one punch man's moving up to two, which means there are no premieres after two a.m., which is kind of a first for this tsunami for at least since god yeah yeah like early on <laughs> i feel like sao was the first significant premiere at 2am but yeah even, that never makes even sense. before that i mean you could argue symbiotic titan and thundercats were at least block premieres at that time rip <laughs> yes yes indeed so yeah one punch man's moved up to two and loop on the third, sadly, no longer a three where it makes the most sense, right? Now uh, at two thirty, Cowboy Bebop has shifted up to three a.m. and Samurai Jack is returning in HD from the beginning at three thirty. Now, if that's not a reason to stay up to three thirty in the morning, then I don't know what is. I don't know either. And there's only there's only two reasons to stay up till three a.m. to watch Samurai Jack. And to eat a Krabby Patty. Oh boy, well, 3 a.m. No I ain't got no Krabby Patty, so Samurai Jacket is. Yes, exactly. And the post tsunami schedule is actually really freaking great. You have the Boondocks right after Toonami at 4 a.m. Yes. You have Black Dynamite at 4 a.m. Don't mess me up doing my kung fu. Which means the affirmative action hour is back, ladies and gentlemen. Hell yeah. At 5 a.m., they have a three-peat of the most recent Venture Brothers. And at 5.30, I know it's not action-y at all, but hey, home movies. It's fun to see. I Dude, love, I love home movies. movies. Yeah, Starboy like, and the Captain and a Future Outspace. Like, home movies touches me in a way that I never a, thought a show could. It's a great Wait a minute. Show. Okay, tell me where it touched you, CJ. My heart. 
Oh, that's that seems appropriate. But this is the craziest thing. Uh, so Tonomi starts at nine p.m. Yes, so that's first, pretty fucking crazy. The first week, it's going to be led in by another episode of Home Movies and Family Guy. They're not even doing two Family Guys. That's nuts. They that haven't had less than two Family Guys on Saturday in ages. But it gets crazier because though they didn't do it in 2017 for whatever reason, they are uh, giving the 8 p.m. hour back to Cartoon Network in October. So after this first week of this lineup, Toonami starts Adult Swim on Saturday nights. Yeah. Paul's getting his wish soon. Yeah, I mean, the... Toonami fully taking over Saturday nights is just the difference of taking over those last two hours of comedy, which I kind of don't want them to. If I, with, with Knowing what they're putting in there, lineup, yeah. Why, no, why I would like you it. want that? When it, when it was like another airing of the Cleveland show that already aired at 8 p.m. earlier in the night and obviously an hour of King of the Hill at 5 a.m., but hey, you know, can't go wrong with a 5 a.m. hour of King of the Hill. Nonetheless... That was boring, uninspired, literally the easiest autopilot thing they could do. Now they're actually being creative with that time. And honestly, that's probably better spent on those kinds of comedies than to, you know, toss in all the other reruns they have. Like, they could throw on Ghosts in the Shell. They could throw on maybe IGPX. They could bring back Space Dandy. What about Big O? I mean, they really should talk to Centaur about getting that first season back, but... Um... No, they could get season two, though, right? Yeah, they can still play yeah, okay, season okay. two. I, I was... I... Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Outlaw Star again. And I, I'm just saying. I would have no problem with them, like, putting Samurai Jack at 5 a.m. and doing two episodes back-to-back. There's enough episodes for that. But What about what about Yu Yu? Dude, uh, don't, if don't they're going to play Yu Yu Hakusho... I mean, first of all, there's way too many long runners on the block right now. <laughs> so let's just wait until maybe Hunter Hunter ends. <laughs> okay. And, I'm just and... saying, like, if we want to put Hunter, or not Hunter, Yu Yu Hakusho back at 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. like they did in its first run, I mean, we'd come Ooh. full circle. Oh, man, putting Yu Yu Hakusho back at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like where it burned off its final episodes. No, it's right. actually, it was... 5.30, I want to say. Yeah, oh, okay. Even, even better. Put it there. And then, like, be like, this time we're doing it on purpose. Because it was it was Gundam Seed and Dot .hack Legend of the Twilight bracelet in that hour. And then when Yu Yu Hakusho shows up, they just split the slot. So it, every other week it was Dot .hack or Gundam Seed. And then Yu Yu Hakusho had the other slot. Like, why would you air anything like that? That is... Oh, Cartoon Network used to do some weird things. Cartoon Network, why are you so cray-cray? But uh, this is this is a dawn of a new era for Toonami, and it, it goes to show that it really is. they feel like it's worth investing into this product. Yes, absolutely. Which is which is just amazing. I, 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 I shit you not, when they got 11 p.m., I was like, dude, this is nutty. I never would have thought we'd have anime... At like 11 p.m. We're at fucking 9 p.m. now. What? Yep. 
Toonami's back in the time slot where it was cancelled. God bless. bless. Now all they have to do is get that non-action show is like Love Live. Let's do it. Let <laughs> say Love Live of all things. Love Live actually aired on American television. Great Wait, it Yes, yes, I, it did. I know this. Uh, what? On, on some specialty channel. Oh, I didn't know that. You ain't talking about Chile, is it? No, no, no. No, no. It, it was a it was an Asian entertainment channel. Was it? Yeah, the Dub of Love Life aired on TV. I think it actually premiered on TV. Wow. Before it was well, released on home video. Let me let me at least say this. If you want to pick an action show or non action show, excuse me, that has a lot of fans, Love Live is uh is one of them. I mean you've you, you can't fight the waifu invasion. We're no, making waifus out of everything now. Mm. Hey, I'm playing the new mobile game Girls Frontline, so my waifus are guns. <laughs> well, they actually had a pote, which was a Sentai dub. I actually have a pote, how you say it, but yeah, those chicks were feet um they were um guns as well. <laughs> yeah, I might have to get y'all a copy of that one of these days. Good okay. times. Good times. So but I yeah, see a is, lot of people being like why isn't Dragon Ball Super at the start? Well, that's a great way to make sure that nobody watches anything after 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> they, Maybe that's this... what they wanted, Sketch. Did you ever think of that? Yeah, I think that's what they did want. <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. On the other days of the week, Adult Swim builds until about 11 o'clock. And because Toonami has generally started late at night, it makes sense to front load it with the biggest guns possible now that toonami is airing in prime time up against way more competition it one makes sense to start with a rerun believe it or not especially if it's something like dbz which has so much casual appeal it's kind of uh, dangerous to put my hero academia at 9 30 but we'll see how it does it's it's just a completely different scenario here, and there's really no telling exactly how it's going to pan out. But I believe the goal here is to make sure that Toonami builds through the night and doesn't immediately peak, and then it's just downhill for the rest of seven hours. Because <laughs> that like would my life. not work out well. <laughs> so, yeah. Obviously, people are not thrilled that Kai is back, but... Fuck them. People watch it. (laughs) I have a very simple solution for you. Start watching at 9.30. (laughs) Or, even later, if you don't care for the Boruto's dad power hour. (laughs) Hey, look here, I'm all about that Boruto dad's power hour. Me, personally, I'm not going to get home until at least 10.30, probably 11, so... I'm either going to start with Boruto or Super, depending. You lucky motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick around for everything after that. I, think I get in at, the structure I get back home of this. Let the, that sink in. Yeah. The structure of this schedule makes a lot of sense to me, even though it's a little wonky looking from the outset. Because you have... A lead-in that's very casual friendly but it's also a rerun so it's not super important that people tune in for it then you have 
the new hotness, My Hero Academia, to draw in some people. And then you have Naruto Shippuden, a classic, as it were, to get people's nostalgia flaring in time to show up for Boruto at 10.30. And then you anchor this entire seven-hour experience with the highest-rated show, Dragon Ball Super, which leads right into their original series. And then, quote, the more anime fan centric part of the block i think in theory this would work very well if you put all these shonen shows in that first part of the block and then from eleven thirty onward you have the seinen and the other genres i think that would work really well so the problem that they have at this particular moment is Black Clover and Hunter Hunter are not done, and Black Clover's not even close to done now. So they gotta do something about that to free up some spots so that they can add more variety in that portion of the block. Because it really does make a lot of sense to put these generic shonen shows right up front, where A, the casual audience will see them, B, where, honestly, kids are more likely to see them. Because that's who they're written for. Even though I don't think Adult Swim ever intentionally wants to gravitate younger viewers. That's not their goal. But this stuff is age appropriate for these earlier time slots. It appeals to the younger portion of the teens and young adults. It makes sense to start with those shows. And then you gradually move the night into... The stuff that's a little nature and more more for you know, long-standing viewers. I think it works in theory. It's just unfortunate that the most variety-filled portion of the block is reruns. And we're just trying to whittle down the uh, excessive amount of long-running series, which we're not going anywhere anytime soon. But there is... Some interesting potential, because I only just recently became aware that Attack on Titan might be taking a break after 12 or 13 episodes, and then it will resume not in this next season, but in the one after. So that could open up a possibility for a short show to kind of sneak in there and add some variety. And then there's always Fooly Cooly Alternative, which, of course, is only six episodes, and we're halfway through it. And We're yeah, halfway will, there. They'll definitely rerun it, but it's interesting that it lines up pretty much perfectly from uh, when that first airing ends to when the current run of Cowboy Bebop ends. So if they had, per se, another show that they wanted to launch in this time frame... They could move Fooly Cooly to two. That's not super late. It's not a bad place to put it. And then they could try something else. So there's openings here, even though it kind of looks like not much is going to change until January. But who knows? They could surprise us. I mean, they definitely have surprised us in the past several months. I I, I think we can all agree that there have been many, (laughs) many unexpected developments. So, 
If you poo-poo on the fact that they're only adding some additional reruns with this latest expansion, just just think about this. You have a premiere at 9.30. That's kind of crazy. (laughs) And you don't have premieres after 2 a.m. anymore, which is a good thing. Because who wants to stay up till 2 a.m. to catch a new episode of anything? (laughs) That is where reruns belong. And that's my thought on that. And I hope it works. I think it can. And I'm glad that they're, you know, giving it adequate promotion, promoting it in time, and uh, hopefully people catch on and it it works. Because this is, uh, I don't want to say do or die time, but I, I really think this is, this is the moment where we finally see if this kind of content can do well enough in those time frames to keep those time frames and not be relegated to late night hours and that's that's a big deal and i hope it works out man this is going to be a long podcast (laughs) maybe giggity goo well i I think we've uh talked enough about the upcoming schedule we hope people tune in for it but it's time to introduce our special guest but before that We got a little message from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash Podcast to get started today. Welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. This week we have a very special guest. Hello. It's me, the special guest. It's Marianne <laughs> Miller. Hi. The, the voice of Mosan. I did it. I introduced myself. <laughs> good job. That's all she was contractually obligated for. We're all good now. Okay, yeah. bye, Marianne. Right, bye. <laughs> it was nice talking with you. <laughs> I feel like we've done this joke before. Yeah, probably. Well, not not with Marianne, of course. This, this is the first time Cute. we've had Marianne on the podcast. I'm not that drunk. <laughs> what? You're not? Oh, not Darrell. <laughs> the night oh. is young. It's not even nighttime yet. <laughs> well, I'm in Alabama right now, so it's kind of gloomy with no sunlight, so we'll consider that nighttime, so we about to crank it up now. There we go. Time <laughs> to pooch. Thank you, God, we got a guest who actually drinks on this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know how much I drink. I've stopped drinking more recently because I have found other ways to imbibe that don't involve hangovers, but (laughs) and are legal in certain states. But yes, specifically my state—that's what makes it the most convenient, I think. No, but I do love me a good glass. Well, I think that gives me a pretty good hint of what you're talking about. I don't know. Can you weed it out? <laughs> hey. hey, you know, I live in Washington, so it's 420 here every day. Hey. Massachusetts, it's legal now, too. Hey. Nice. Uh, Ain't legal here, man. Real talk, though, I mean, I don't care what people do in their free time, you know, weed it up, but man, I do not like that smell. No, it's pretty, it's pretty stinky. And I'm By a the bus way. driver, so I'm smelling it like every day. Oh no, like public bus? Ugh. 
Oh, yeah. wait, are we allowed to swear? I should have asked beforehand. Oh, yeah. Oh, swear it up. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to be like, shit. We are, uh, we are an uncensored podcast. You know, we I used guess... to censor, but. It this guy got tired of doing that. No, they got tired of doing that. That was an um, F-bomb of 99 F-bomb salute that ended oh. that all. Yeah, <laughs> but, but eventually one day I was like, yeah, fuck it. Did you did I'm you just bleeping. like do a little sound like one of those sound things and you just went ch -ch -ch, and then fuck <laughs> fuck like oh, like no. a ninety like a twenty five gun salute or what how many gun I don't fucking know how many guns there are twenty one <laughs> yes it's um you get three violence if you die if you're a state official you get twenty one yeah in this case you got ninety nine f bombs but but a bitch ain't one. No, <laughs> I really want that at my funeral. This is beautiful. The anime community is slowly helping me build like what I want my afterlife to be because now I know I want a gif of Chris Giacometti from Yuri on Ice winking on my tombstone. And now at the funeral, before they lay me in the ground, I want them to say fuck 99 times. So, <laughs> See, we make we starting trends here, people on the podcast. <laughs> We are trendsetters. Yeah, so now wait. that everyone knows how I want to be laid into the ground. <laughs> so how language. did you come into the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, a mommy and a daddy come together. And... Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, I think I, I mean, I was born a very large child. I'm pretty sure I just shed my mother's skin when I came out. So, <laughs> I've like seen that anime. That's a visual. Yeah. I've seen that anime before. It was, it was pretty good based off my life thank you <laughs> uh but yeah i mean as for maybe i think how i got into voiceover is that maybe a more appropriate <laughs> intro i don't oh, know you you caught on to what i was saying excellent <laughs> there we go we've how asked this question so many times that i have to be creative now right um well i oh god how did this start <laughs> Uh, I decided I wanted to be an I wanted to be an actor when I was about nine or ten, and uh, but I I as aforementioned I was a very large child. So when I was like twelve, I looked like an alien who was attempting to look like a sixteen-year-old. Um, so I I never really looked my age. So on camera, my on camera career petered out quite quickly at the young age of fourteen or fifteen. Fuck if I know which, but um, yeah. So I eventually started getting into anime, and from there I was like, "Oh shit, I can voice act. I don't have to do this on camera thing and worry about how how fat I am or whether or not my makeup's perfect or what what are my good angles. It doesn't matter." So I started emailing uh, voice actors that I really liked and asking around for advice and. From there, I cut my first demo reel, and um, and I actually, the first professional demo reel that I cut was done by Vic Mignogna. I drove down, I, I flew out to Dallas to visit a friend of mine, and we both ended up getting pulled in to do voiceover for the Full Metal Alchemist movie, and that was the first job I ever had, um, voiceover-wise. And then we drove down to Houston and cut my demos at Vic Mignogna's house, like, <laughs> so um yes i have very straight i'm one of the i think one of the few people around that time that was a really big fan of 
the you know anime and everything and wanted to make a concerted effort to try and get into voiceover because of anime um and now obviously a lot more people are doing that um and we're learning a lot more about them but uh you know i i want to say it wasn't super common when i was first getting into voiceover so it's been very interesting watching that sort of you know nerd chic rolling mm -hmm. the voiceover community as well but yeah, that's how that's how I got into voiceover. Um, and then from there, I just kind of kept booking booking things, and it kept snowballing because I knew the right people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, once again, you were quite the trendsetter. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Cool. I said I, cool. I allowed people to be a nerd. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, I mean that's that's good for everybody. Thank you. So. How excited were you when you booked a role on Fooly Cooly Alternative? It was really surreal. Um, it was it was really surreal, um, and I say that because Fooly Cooly has been like, I mean, you know, we're all like millennials, if I can use <laughs> the word. But um, you know, I think we're all of a certain age that, like, when Fooly Cooly was first on TV, it was like. You know, I think I was probably in my early teens. I don't know. But I was too young to understand what was going on either way. So I remember watching it on the first run and just being like, what the hell is this? Um, but it's had such a long, a long standing fandom in the United States that it's impossible not to know. Um, and then when I, I ended up the, I met Maki, who is the producer of Furikuri. I met her working on Be the Beginning at a different studio, and she came to me and was like, Marianne, I have the perfect character for you. I want you to audition for Mosan and Furikuri. And I was just like, shit, I should probably watch that show. I mean, just um, wing it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, but it was really interesting because I started recording the first couple of episodes um before i watched it and then um, erica lindbeck and i sat down together and watched it uh i want to say after we recorded the first episode or so and um i'm used to you know i hate to say it but when you're a girl and especially when you're especially you know before all this um talk about diversity started coming up because of the me too stuff and et cetera et cetera um it was very difficult to find or to to be a female character and to exist outside of a certain spectrum of personalities if that makes sense so oh excuse me <laughs> revving up the harley over there <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> but um but uh foodie cootie is even even in the old like series the everyone is just so zany and so over the top and the stuff that we're doing in alternative isn't that zany and over the top but the style of acting is still that kind of exaggerated hyper silly kind of you know teenage dialogue and stuff so watching watching the show really helped um inform my performance a lot more because i knew because I felt like I was giving too much, but it was because I wasn't approaching it like Foodie Cootie. I was approaching it like any other anime, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. I'm curious as to, like, it, it's such an honor, the fact that you were able to be cast in, you know, a, now a franchise that's, you know, 
been around for a while and it's adding more content. How nervous were you about the reception considering how much a lot of fans seem to put this pedestal for the original uh, OVAs? I was really, really nervous, honestly, um, because especially since we had two seasons coming out back to back, that was uh, very intimidating because it's it can be easy to sort of either get that brand fatigue because you have too much of a good thing and it can be easy to feel like something is rushed. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. um, people, and I feel like, especially right now with um, politics, the way that they are, everyone just kind of has very extreme opinions right now. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what the opinions are about. You could be like, I like the color green. And they're like, green is for jerks, you jerk. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not even just politics. You get that in sports. You get that in anime. You get that everywhere now. It's everything. Nobody can be civil anymore. Yeah. So I was really nervous, especially because Alternative has pretty much an all female main cast. And I thought, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm sure there have been cries of blah, blah, SJW, this and whatever, because of more than one girl existing on screen at a time. But um, thankfully, that hasn't that has been kept kind of to a minimum as far as I can tell in terms of what I've actually seen anyway. So but yeah, I it is a, a really crazy honor to be a part of like this show that essentially I'm really interested to see what Fuli Kuli does for American and Japanese, you know, crossover efforts in the future, you know, because uh, also Ladybug is really successful too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, granted different network and everything, but these collaborations are proving to be successful time and time again. So I think this might mark the beginning of an interesting trend. Yes. <laughs> Wow. And, and that's why I've been so interested with Fooly Cooly with the whole project of Adult Swim and Production IG kind of coming together saying, hey, this is up. We're going to get it. We want to try to continue to build something, not just for the sake of the anime, but for the sake of potentially studios here grabbing some IPs or something like that to then kind of expand to give fans all kinds of new experiences too. And I, it seems at least from how you've talked about Fooly Cooly, it seems that this third season alternative has really kind of left an impression on you. Yes. I really, I mean, just for me personally, this has been a very tumultuous year for me um, personally, just because I've had um, new medical diagnoses pop up and I've been dealing with mental health problems and stuff. And so, um, and I've been, I've been acting for, this is my 12th year. And, you know, for a long time I've just booked kind of, smaller roles and utility characters and I've just kind of been in the background and you know whatever pays the bills but this was really like my first job my first lead character that was getting broadcast on television and not only that but I felt so happy that I got to be you know a a fat character and not just a fat character who eats which Believe me, I mean, you know, Mosan eats like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We just saw that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing that I love is that they gave a reason for it, a really good reason for it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like even when it showed that there was a reason for it and they wanted her to change her eating habits, it wasn't like, you're fat and you need to stop being fat. It's you just need to get your stamina up because you're working yourself to exhaustion and you can work longer if you get your stamina going. So like, you know, that's why they were doing all the training shit. So I, I like, I feel like 
this season has a lot to offer to people who feel like maybe they don't get as much of a fair shake in visual media speaking as a fat person <laughs> so hey there oh, is yeah, nothing absolutely. look here there is nothing wrong with being fat and down here in the south you ain't fat we call it pleasantly plump or robustly round <laughs> yes fat is a shape anime, you I'm have fat characters but they're always a joke or yeah. a yeah, villain I mean, or you know just yeah they're really well, pigeonholed into these comedic or evil roles because e- they don't accept the idea that uh, like a, a good character can can be this way. Yeah, I mean, not to throw some stuff that I've been under the bus, but Little Witch Academia has a really great cast, a diverse cast of female characters. Like, they all have such unique personalities. And then there's Yasminka, who just eats, and she's chubby. And I, and I love her in the game because she, like, is the tank, so she's got, like... 400 health and like gameplay wise she's great (laughs) but you know you don't really talk about stats and hp when you're in the show and all she does is just put potato chips in her mouth and um oh crap there was another one too where it was like oh i've been trying to watch voltron but uh what's his name hunk the chip guy hunk yeah like the way they treat him makes me so frustrated because it's Mm I mean, I know in the later se- I've heard in the later later seasons that he gets more of his own time to be his own character and everything. But I've just I just get frustrated whenever characters are like, "Oh, I farted! Better stop eating those chili burritos!" Like, <laughs> look, no. man, I I fart, but I don't I don't I try and blame it on someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's how you have the. It's the it, dog. <laughs> It's always know, dog. It, it, it was just in the wind, you know, because, like, I ain't going to lie, man. I, You know, being a big guy, I have been on Elevated with the little scrawny folks, and then, you know, you look at me all crazy. So, you know, that evil thing that we do where you take a hardcore fart and then you get out the elevator. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say with Mosan, too, like, after seeing the most recent episode we got to see, the head on her shoulders is like an old soul compared to her mm. friends, really. And like, it's it's weird. When I think of Fooly Cooly, I think of like the angst of growing up through high school years. And like, I'm sure Mosan has those kind of moments. But lately, or for me, it's just like she seems to have everything kind of figured out in a way that like most adults don't, which yeah. is really cool to see. Yeah, I mean... That's something I related to a lot because, like I said, when I was nine, I knew what I wanted to do and I made decisions that, you know, directed me towards that career path from that age. So, like, I mean, Mosan, granted, she kind of like flip flopped on the on the what she wanted to do, but she went from being a designer to being a model. And that honestly is something that's more reasonable for her to do in her age group anyway. You know what I mean? So but I liked that we got to see someone who, you know, uh, like we were saying, a fat character who works so hard and, and pursues their goal with such drive and passion. Like that's inspiring to me. I, I actually, I have a problem with overworking as well uh, and overeating, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, uh, actually I was last year, I think I was working 60 or 70 hours a week on Oof. Gundam Seed. I was script adapting and time coding uh, half of the series. And that kind of left me a little inside. So, <laughs> but, <Jeez. laughs> 
but and then a few months later I ended up getting the part of Mosan and then the characters are like stop doing everything by yourself idiot so um yeah that kind of helped <laughs> yeah another thing that I noticed with you know fully coolie alternative is um you know, like you said, with the female dynamic. Now, you know, in most groups with females, you know, they tend to be catty and like just like down each other. But, you know, I see it's it's a different perspective on this point because, you know, you do have that like in some groups, you know, male and female, you have the duck, which is the designated ugly fat friend. What I really enjoy about this one is no one tears each other down. They're actually supportive of each other. So how do you feel about that? I think it it ref I I it's interesting because I hear that pe people say that women tear each other down and I do think that there are we we are encouraged to kind of we as women are encouraged to compete with each other all the time and that's like not really something that we want so I've noticed a nice shift recently like in the last year or so um with women kind of going out of their way to build each other up and just kind of be nice to each other for the sake of being nice to each other because you know there's only so much time we have left on this planet and if taking a selfie makes you feel good then damn it i'm going to tell you that you look good so um i feel like this show reflects that change of heart that women have been trying to push um you know, obviously, I don't speak for women as a collective because I am just one. But um, and we're not the Borg, but not yet. <laughs> Working on. Are you it, sure but... you're not Legion? <laughs> I, not yet. We're still installing the cables, but okay. uh, <laughs> but I I like that I like that there is a show that women can watch that, like you said, it's it's just girls being girls and not in the way that we're expected to see girls. You know, they're kind of stupid and they're a little gross sometimes and they're running around being spastic and playing board games and doing all sorts of weird shit so i just i just i like that we get to have a slice of life that that focuses around a female narrative but doesn't focus on sexuality if that makes sense Yes, that makes a whole lot of sense. You know, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I do love fan service, but the way Fooly Cooley is going right now, I'm enjoying it. I'm not always one track mind or the itchy pervert person that people think I am. That's only part of who I am. I mean, it's only part of me as well. I can't lie, you know. <laughs> See, <laughs> but... that's why we're gonna be good friends. <laughs> The, the just... thing that um, is really interesting to me about the lack of sexuality in the show is how Haruko interacts with the girls. Like, because, you know, she's such a chaotic force in the other series. And I feel like there's that's because there's so much of an element of those hormones and that sexuality trying to come to the surface that these kids just don't know or understand. And with this, you know, they're well past that they have crushes on boys and stuff but they're not really that's not what they're after they're just trying to figure shit out because adulthood is coming you know and haruko now instead of being this she was never hypersexualized she was always just this i mean that being said there's all the all those weird like sexy noises that she makes all the time <laughs> but you know she's not as chaotic of a force and it's interesting i guess it's interesting to see that different side of her i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah she did mellow out a whole lot in this one yeah. yeah it does seem like it i mean she did have the she did strip the girls in the most recent episode but it wasn't like 
the fanfare that like you would assume with Haruko. So like I, yeah. I do, it does seem kind of tamer, which isn't bad either. It's just it's different, and I like the fact that the series like you can tell it's part of the Fully Cooly lore, but not just Haruko. The feel, the music, the animation, all of it. But it definitely feels like it's its own thing, which I welcome. I didn't want yeah. a carbon copy of the earlier stuff. Right. Absolutely. I think. I think this reflects the craziness of adulthood, which it's never going to hit those kind of peaks and valleys that it used to hit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you still have those kind of emotions that you need to lean into as a human being because we need to express ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we've uh, more or less spoiled some things from the episode, but uh, I think we'll do do the proper recap now. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers. I thought this was the recap. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's things to mention. So yeah, 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 yeah. Let me uh, go down the list, as it were. So as the episode opens, Haruko's chilling out in the parking lot of the huge department store with a bunch of dogs. And she looks up at the store and states somewhat ominously that they don't have much time left. Now we flash over to Mosan, who's working her part-time job at a construction site... And uh, having a hard time staying awake. Uh, the next day, the teacher is begging the kids to fill out their college planning sheets. And the girls admire Mozan's fashion designs, and she tells them that she's entered a contest. Then later at the soba shop, the three girls talk about the future, and Hijiri reminds them of a time when Mozan pulled the class together for a school festival. More or less, Kijiri seems like the biggest fan of Mosan throughout this entire episode. She's like, that girl's got it going on, and y'all just don't even know. I mean, Erica Erica Lindbeck is also a big fan of Mosan, so. Yes. <laughs> it reflects real life. Excellent. Later, Mosan collapses at school after overeating because she's, you know, overworked. And, of course, Haruko is the nurse, as we mentioned earlier. And her uh, diagnosis after some uh, very silly stuff is that Mosan's just overworked and needs to rest. So the girls take Mosan home where they learn that she's been burning the candle at both ends, working to save up for design school and losing sleep to finish her entry for the contest. So the girls think, hey, we should help out our friend, but Mosan's not really thrilled about that. And when they're trying to do her construction job... She shows up and rebukes them, saying that, you know, it's her dream, and if she doesn't do the work, then it doesn't count. Now, the girls think she's just being a bit stubborn, and Kana starts moping around and kicks one of the pins, causing one of the medical mechanica robots to appear, and Haruko knocks it out, because that's what Haruko does. And then she busts a rhyme. Just because. Yes. Just it's essentially a motivational speech to Kana about... Supporting your friend, but I mean Haruko's rapping. What's what's not to like? So Kana, being almost equally stubborn as Mosan's, says, "You know, I'm not going to stop trying to help you. So let me help you." And they agree that things would work better if Kana would help out a little bit. So she and the other girls help out, and Mosan's able to finish her designs for the contest. Yay! Sadly, she doesn't win, but is still content because she had fun. However, Haruko decides to model Mosan's design in front of everyone. And after Haruko runs off, the contest announcer asks Mosan how she's feeling, and she admits that she's disappointed, but 
will use this loss to become the next top model. Woo! Kick ass! I'm gonna work that, work that one right high. Mm-hmm. I like that dress, actually. I thought it looked really cool. <laughs> so I thought Haruko pulled it off really well. I was think Mosan a, has a future. Does it have? Was that a Japanese character that was like the puffy thing on the front? I don't know what that design is. I have kind no of like clue. a red blood cell, man. Yes. Oh, <laughs> well, like cells at work. There yes. we go. Maybe she was a walking blood clot, man. <laughs> yeah. No, that was my invention of that show. So I'm expecting royalties any day now. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, it, it it was a really I enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I, like I don't feel like either uh, any of the Fooly Coolies are better than the other. I just find it as a cool story for each kind of main cast kind of thing. But this one was this one was really fun. I can relate to Mosan with not wanting others to help and don't feel accomplished unless you do it on your own. Uh, stubbornly so. So it was just one of those things that was just like, yep, I totally see where she's coming from with that. But uh, they, they had the laughs. I forgot about the rap, actually, till you mentioned it. How can you that must have been fun. I, I mean, Haruko just says so many crazy things. It's hard to keep track. That's true. She's, <laughs> like, she's like a crazy Barbie. She well, like, I, I, I remember her talking with the dogs more than the rap, because that I thought was just weird as heck, and I loved it. I remember the episode starting with a butthole. Whoa. <laughs> well, I mean. Somebody got a colostomy. Uh, it, was a, it was a little puppy butthole. The little X. Oh, <laughs> no, right. uh, so I gotta draw buttholes around here. <laughs> yes. Oh, well. Did you at least enjoy watching the episode fully? Or did you already see it beforehand? Uh, no, everything that I see is, is basically like when I'm on, when my mouth is open and I'm talking, that's the only part that I see. So like at times I wasn't even sure where some episodes ended and some began, um, you know, when you're recording multiple episodes in a session or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, I had no idea about the rap. (laughs) I got really excited about the rap, uh, um, so yeah, I it was really cool to just get to see Kana in action because I only really hear I only hear the girls like in little bits and pieces before and after my lines. So it's awesome getting to hear everybody's voice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I just usually... wasn't sure if it was an advanced screening for you guys like right before or something to be like, hey, check it out. <laughs> no, yeah, they. We hardly ever get that sort of stuff. Maki really spoils us. Like she, when we were doing Be the Beginning, she threw like a little party at the studio, and she brought like uh, first three episodes for us to watch. So that was really cool. And then um, for both seasons of Fooly Cooly, we she threw um, like little live tweeting parties. So mm-hmm. we got the cast together for both seasons, and we got to watch the first episodes and stuff. So she. She makes sure that we get to see the first episode at least. Nice. But, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. This has been I mean, like the project itself overall is was such a a nice experience to work on because like we don't really get the chance to have that much freedom in anime usually. But mm. because um because obviously there were American clients involved in this and Maki has a good understanding of you know, American and Japanese cultures, we were able to kind of like really, you know, pump the script up to 
to be its equivalency in English. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have have those like cutting edge pop culture references. I say as we reference Kardashians, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the podcast yeah. is now cursed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no! <laughs> is, it like, is it like the king, the king's play? When you say that on a podcast, you say Kardashians and everything's ruined. It's pretty. It's a, it's also a sports <laughs> reference, dude. Darrell and I know that very well. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no comment. No, no, but I no, it's awesome, and I will say, um, getting to hear you, and I mean, this is this is your first uh, time your voice has been on tsunami. Has uh, there been no. anything else? Sword yeah, okay. I was rec on and sword art. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it must be nice to at least get to throw in another type of repertoire instead of you know what Reckon brought to the table compared to now Mosai. Yeah. Well, and also, um, like, uh, nobody really likes the fairy arcs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to be in a show that people like watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not to say that Sword Art Online is not a popular show, but right, I think, right. uh, yeah, I like, to ha I like to play a game with myself at cons where it's like, every time I see a Kirito, I ask, have you seen the dub? And have you watched the fairy arc? And nine times out of ten, the answer to the second question is no. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like a sigh, or just like, Ugh. yeah, You're just like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, you have to deal yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it stinks too because like after watching Be the Beginning myself, great show. It was really cool, and your character. The way that you did the voice for it was just amazing too. So oh, it kind of stinks that like it's either well, at least now Mosan is more receptive, but it's just Reckon and Mosan are just like oh darn. <laughs> it's not like other like really cool roles. And I will say to our listeners, if you haven't checked out Be the Beginning, highly recommend it. Didn't yeah, like, didn't didn't know it was going the way it did, and I like it. So like definitely check that crime out. Crime procedural. Yes. Yes. I, I did a plug for for her sketch, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. But hey, no, is there uh, anything else that you've worked on that you think would be just banging for Toonami? <laughs> oh man, banging. Uh, I think. Well, obviously, I think Little Witch would be really cute because it's kind of episodic and like it's it's also over the top in not quite a foodie cootie way, but like the animation is is almost kind of Looney Tunes-ish, because, you know, it's Trigger. So, right. yes. And they've got Darling of the Franks on Toonami, don't they? So, there we go. Oh. No, that hasn't happened yet. But oh. Boy. Boy. I just love the way you put that in there, though. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like I my new, you're my new spirit animal now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Little Witch would be better. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, shit. Let me think. I don't know. I don't remember what I've been in. <laughs> many good animes. Huh? What? So too many, many good ones. Yes. No, there's too many. Ones. Oh, it's true. Man, I want to watch. It's not good for Toonami, but I think everyone should watch Gonkutsuo. That's what I would put on every oh, network. Just all the networks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Game Show Network. Gonkutsuo. <laughs> Yeah. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Fucking Home Shopping Network. Grandma's trying to buy the count. Grandma, you can't buy a person. <laughs> nah. This is a timeline I won't mm. want. <laughs> oh, fool boy. 
No, I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything, man. I'm gonna, I'm, we gonna just let that one go. Okay. okay. <laughs> probably, probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's not me. It's grandma. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She yeah. doesn't know. I mean, she's old. Yeah. Exactly. Let's see now. It was a different Lisa time. Bless her heart. He's like a space cave demon. I don't remember what it is. It's like the demon of the cave is where Gonkutsu transports. Oh no, uh, the king of the cave. There we go. That's nothing like a. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's one of those days. Well, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Mm. Well, I've got a Twitter, and I tweet oh, things on the, on the Twitter, oh. um, and that's my name, which is Marianne Miller. And it's spelled weird, so you should look it up, but you can't look it up without <laughs> M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E Miller is that. And yeah. Um oh I'm hmm? Oh no, I was um slipping up on something. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's fine. I was I don't even remember what I was gonna say, so go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You got any I didn't have any adventures you're popping up in? Oh, am I? Um <laughs> I'm, I don't I'm know sorry. what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah, that's about my life nine times out of ten. <laughs> uh, but I'm, and I'm also I'm heading out to um, Wasteland Weekend this weekend, which is like a big Mad Max festival out in the desert. So I'm like, and I just was running around packing and getting everything ready to go. So my brain's still like wee. But yes, um, I don't think I have any conventions on the docket. Um, but we did just get uh, some international stuff settled, so hopefully they'll be announcing that soon. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't have much to talk about at the moment. So fans, you have to start requesting her at conventions. You can yes. do that. You have yeah. the power. Power. Exactly. <laughs> Bribe your the constituents. Power is yours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell the cons you want me. Uh. <laughs> We want you at all of them, dang it. Yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say I'm going to be at MTAC. I'm, like, I basically have a standing invitation at MTAC. So if you guys are in Nashville, that's where I'll be. Easter weekend. But yeah. Anyway, nice. but thank you so much for having me on the on Absolutely. The I'm so glad we were able to work this out in less than a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I hope I hope I was somewhat engaging. I always yeah. feel so... Yes. Oh, you were very engaging. Oh, Are you kidding? This is the first time I've heard any guests like joke around with drinking and smoking weed. This was awesome. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what we do all the time. <laughs> Pretty much. So it's yeah. just, I mean, we're anime fans. That's just like, how it I'm, works. I'm considered yeah. an alcoholic on this podcast, but then again, people have seen what I've actually done as far as drinking. <laughs> no normal human should be able to consume that much alcohol. Oh You're just God. your own thing, Darrell. Yes. You're beyond alcoholic. <laughs> oh, well, no. you know, I am like um, Super Saiyan, Cavassier, and not yeah, Rosie. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully we I... didn't scare you away. Let's put it that way. Anyway. I'll just go and cry a little bit. But <laughs> okay, okay. I'll bake you a cake, then. Well, we love you, and we love Mosan, and we look forward to more Fooly Pooly Alternative. Yes. And we yes. hope to see you in more projects as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I have more stuff to talk about. It's just I can't talk about it yet. Ooh, <laughs> it's, okay. it's, yeah. it's those. Yeah, those yeah. are the good ones. Those are always the 
hashtag blessed bitch or anything, but you know. <laughs> the, the juiciest role is always the NDA role. Of course. <laughs> I'm so sad that can I I do want to say I am very sad because I, I did audition for um the Bumblebee movie that's coming out. Oh. And <laughs> Angela Bassett got the role and I'm like, well that's fair, but I really wanted to be a <laughs> I'm like, you gotta look at it man. Them oh. arms, man. Those arms. Angela Bassett get just like crush you with one of her arms. I man. know. Like I don't want to. I don't want to talk any shit about her. A because she's great, and B because she could kill me. Definitely. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> look at after watching her and um, what it was um, was it waiting to exhale and burning up the car? Yeah, never again would I ever think to cross her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too is that she's so much better than me. She would never do that. But <laughs> it's funny. I just I like to have my little mo- my little pouty moment every time the trailer comes, hey. and then I move on with my life. <laughs> I'm gonna see it anyway. Thank you for stopping by. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you guys again. Oh, well, please come back. I have a guest sketch. We didn't scare this one away. I'm so yeah. happy, right? <laughs> hey. Yeah, just gonna say it the real and scare away. Because Paul wasn't here. (laughs) (laughs) No prosciutto. All right, I'll talk to you gentlemen later. If I well, gentleman is a strong word, but you know. Very strong, yes. (laughs) Like I said. (laughs) All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, thank you. Well, with that, it's uh, time to wrap up this show. So you can email us at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. It's facebook.com backslash Podcast at Podcast on Twitter. tunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com is the Tumblr. And you can go to soundcloud.com backslash Podcast for all of the episodes of the podcast. You can also listen on the TuneIn Radio app and visit podcast.tunamifaithful.com for episodes of the podcast as well as episodes of the Toonami Showdown. I hate those guys. So the running gag goes. <laughs> if you like what we do and want to help us out, you can become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Podcast. Get the Toonami Faithful Pass. We'll probably do interviews again soon. We had an interview on this episode. I'm not putting it behind a paywall. You're welcome. (laughs) We're not Amazon striking this. No, we're not. And we know how Amazon work strike worked out for everybody. I mean, Amazon strike was a terrible thing, but it's unfortunate that when Amazon strike disappeared, so did any and all like publicizing of whatever goes on Amazon. So that's kind of a double-edged sword. I'm sorry, we just go on there. Plus, I got you. You tell me things that want Amazon. That's right. I... Everybody needs to go watch uh, Banana Fish and Grand Blue Drinking. I know that's not the real name, but if you think about it, you'll understand why. <laughs> mm. Grand understand. Blue Dreaming, the show about a diving club that's really not about a diving club. <laughs> You ever wanted to experience college hazing, the anime? There you go. Don't remind me of hazing. It's a very funny show. And I highly I know recommend it. Hazing. I also recently started uh, Planet With, and I'm about halfway through, and it's good stuff. 
That's the best damn show in the last 80 years, Sketch. You give you put some respect in that name. You put some respect on it? Put some respect on it. Planet with planet with what? I guess we'll find out by the end, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting because about six episodes in, it feels like it could have ended already. So I'm curious to see where it goes. And I will not dawdle on finishing that up. And ah, oh, Netflix finally put on Dragon Pilot, and it's so good. Yeah, I heard so good, good reviews, man. It's a fantastic dub. ADR direction by our friend Carrie Karenin. And Sweet. the uh, cast is fantastic. It's got Christina Marie Cabanos as the lead, and uh, and Sarah Ann Williams as uh, yet another character who's quick to anger. <laughs> and she's, she's so good in that type of role. Yeah, great cast. Very entertaining. Cute, cute show. The ending sequence is so great. It's some old French pop song, and it's very catchy. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. CJ, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, CJ Maffris. Mm, that's about it. All right, all right. Mr. Jarrell, where can they find you? Oh, well, as always, you can find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. And you can also follow me on Nasia Rojo underscore Rojo Adenasi at twitter.com as well. And probably you'll find me at a local bar later on. All right. You can find me on Twitter at sketch1984. You can ask me questions at curiouscat.me backslash sketch1984. Really, Twitter's the best way to get a hold of me. So, if you want to talk to me, do it there. All I know how to get a hold of you. And I never let you go. That's a visual. <laughs> well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. And thank you, each and every one of you, for listening uh, each and every week. And uh, how many times am I going to say each and every? I don't know. It's a mystery. I clearly need to just end this, so uh, we're punching out. Deuces! Oh, hold on a second. I've got a call. Hello? Hello? Moshi Moshi? Hello? 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 Next time all of us for the Tanami Faithful uh, team get to a con, we're going to be posing like uh, the characters in Fooly Cooly 3 when, they, when they're meeting up. Is there, is there an official term for that? For that? Bro. For formation? the squad? For the, for the formation. 
I don't know. I mean, I I think I think we've just been calling them the squad, if anything. <laughs> but yeah, we haven't come up with a. We should come up with an OT4 name for them because I don't know. It just seems like such a mouthful. The group of protagonists from Fully Cooly Alternative. <laughs> I just no, call them the girls. <laughs> the girls. It's the sisterhood, dude. The sisterhood. Ooh, yeah, oh. that's a good one. <laughs> The Sisterhood of the Traveling Cooley. The oh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Bottle Rockets. Yes. Ah, <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. Nice wordplay. Is... No traveling pants here, baby. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, no we, traveling we should... outward. <laughs> <laughs> we should start for real. We're wasting good material here. Oh, that is true. That is true. <laughs>